Hey guys, it's Espo here to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. It's everybody's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the action with giving you a shot to land a million dollars. Oh, you read that right. A million dollars this week. DraftKings is giving you a chance at it for free. It's the top prize when you download and sign up using the promo code TB. PN. If you haven't used DraftKings, now is the time. I'm telling you, fun app. You can use it. And now when you got a shot at a million dollars, why the hell wouldn't you? It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. Rack up points uh, for pars, birdies, and finishing position and more. The more in the red that your guys are on, on the leaderboard, the closer you are to scoring some green. E even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you a chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Hey, easy enough for me to say. Interesting phrase there. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN, that's TBPN during sign up this week. DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at one million dollars. Uh, that's code TBPN, TBPN, and you can get a free shot at one million dollars top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tonight's matchup on the solar panel, Espo versus the Solar Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or joining us wherever you get podcasts, we appreciate you. The Flaming Ballers, more than you know, I am your host, Greg Esposito, Espo, ahoy hoy, joined as always by the Silver Fox, Dave King. Dave, how are you, my friend? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys? Uh, no complaints. Well, there's complaints, but I'm not going to share them. And then yeah. the Carmel Thunder. We're just complaining about aches and pains, so yeah. <laughs> well, at our ages, it's no surprise. So, And then uh, the Carmel Thunder from Down Under is the one, the only. Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you? Uh, as Phil Collins would say, it's just another day in paradise. By the way, I want to I want to bring up the fact that Saul had Phil his. Uh, Come on, you can't don't don't knock on Phil Collins. Uh, Come on. My, my, so my my mom is actually hard of hearing. She's like she's deaf. She's like ninety five percent deaf. And the the other day she she swung by. She was she was she stopped him to visit or whatever. And uh, she was like, "Can you play my favorite song?" And I was like, "What song is that?" And she used to rock it out to like Michael Jackson back in the day, just because of the the tones of Michael Jackson's music are are like. She can she can vibe with it. She can hear it to a degree, and uh, she wanted me to play in the air of the night. And I was like, "What?" And like for the first like, I don't mean to be disrespectful for like the first minute of the song, like she couldn't hear anything. She just but she could feel the the car kind of like hum, and then all of a sudden it was like do 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 do, and she's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome." That's why Phil Collins was in my head. By the way, I want to I want to bring up something that many of you probably are not aware of, but last week Saul Bookman had a Jordan flu game on this uh, uh, on this show. The man had such a was in such pain and did not let any of us know. <laughs> he literally wound up, and I I don't know if I'm violating HIPAA laws, and quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> The man wound up in the ER right after the show with with back problems. That's yeah. how much he so carried we're saying us. He's got toughness, but he has poor judgment. Well, His back was we, hurting, and he sat in a chair for a couple of hours look, doing a podcast. Let's yeah. be clear: when he joined the show, it was obvious he had poor judgment. Uh, but but he we hurt his back. He had to carry us so much in that hour that the back problem got so so much worse that he went to the ER. So. So props to Saul on that. I had to, I had to at least bring that up because I didn't even realize how much pain he was in until I texted him. I said, "Hey, can you send me the audio file from the episode?" And he goes, "I'm in the ER." And I, it literally, it was like thirty. I'm on my way to the ER. It was like thirty minutes after the show. 
So uh, please uh, give Saul Bookman a, a round of applause for his uh, his efforts. Anything, anything for the team. Anything for the team. It also explains why you were so damn angry last week. Yeah, I was a little irritable. <laughs> <laughs> if you re- if you rewind and you go back and you look, you, that last fifteen minutes of the show, I kind of he I was, was like the sons in the I was like the sons in the fourth quarter against the Clippers. I kind of faded a little bit. Yeah, so. Well- yeah. Well, well, we'll forgive you for your swears for kids from last week. Now we understand why why you owe the kids a, a lot of money after after that. Censoring yourself not high on the list when you're also in traction. So <laughs> yeah. congratulations yeah, for that. Thank you. Uh, Dave, Dave's now going to uh, hurt a hip or something just to try to keep up here. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've already got I've already got today's ready to go. I like I did something to my Achilles. I didn't do <laughs> anything for the last three days it's not like i went and worked out i didn't go play basketball or anything all of a sudden you wake up and you can't walk because you're like what the hell is going on getting old sucks ass period yeah it does oh (laughs) yeah I, i agree i had my getting old moment i now look like a fighter pilot from uh uh, f- from uh, Top Gun when I go to bed now because I have to figure have a out ski- which which movie you're a fighter pilot from. Yeah, I had to. I, I was you trying to, to pick which one. I have to wear a CPAP now <laughs> with the tube and everything. Oh, last night was the uh, goose. Yeah, goose. Let's yep. do it, baby. So, oh, so yeah, so we're all old. I'm fat too, which we've nice. discussed, but. So, well, let's get into some suns because we're yeah, like baby. five minutes into the show and we have not talked it. about the thing we're here to talk about. What did uh, a big week, uh, you know, uh, for this team? They they had a few tests that we had talked about last episode, but where do you feel this team uh, is when it comes to playoffs? Have they proven themselves in your mind after this week that you feel good going into the final stretch and the playoffs coming up? Go ahead, Dave. Oh, okay. Um, actually, <laughs> I defer to you. That was a great segue. Uh, no, I I actually am extremely encouraged by these two games, and the reason for that is, and I, and I wrote about this on BrightSideOfTheSun.com. But um, the, I'm extremely encouraged by the fact that the young guys showed up in really bright lights. Like the 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 whole team was talking about how these were their biggest games of the year before the games played. And then after the games, they were still saying they were the biggest games of the year. They showed a ton of resiliency, a ton of keeping keeping their focus, staying with the game plan. The Clippers played extremely well on Thursday night. The Jazz played extremely well on Wednesday night. Neither team said they had an off night. Neither team said that, uh, you know, that, that they weren't up for it. In fact, Paul George, talked about how this was a huge game for them too. So it's not like just the Suns thought this was important. And it's so nice to to see that, that the Suns are getting other teams best, other good teams best. And the Suns are holding, holding, uh, holding the line for it. In fact, DA after Wednesday's game at home, he's like, man, that was so great hearing that home crowd that, uh, you know, you could tell they were holding our backs, uh, that the home crowd was pumping up the team to make sure that they they stayed focused and, and it really helped. And so home court does matter, uh, especially even if there's only 5,000 fans in the stands, it does matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time the Suns actually floundered was when they were in the fourth quarter of the second game of a back-to-back. And even Devin Booker is like, look, I'm not, I obviously I haven't been in the playoffs before, but I'll, what I do know is you don't play back-to-backs. And so that'll be nice because they did admit that they got tired in that fourth quarter. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I left, I left Thursday night's game feeling very optimistic. I think more optimistic than at any point this season. I just think that this team, you know, uh, Dwayne Rankin was on Pharrell's show the other day and he had, a, he made, uh, I think the best point that I've heard so far is Pharrell is, is, is a he, yeah, Pharrell. Yeah. What? Not, not the scene. No, Pharrell on the bench. Long yeah, time. Yeah, Pharrell on the bench. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, he, he had asked him, you know, does this Suns team have what it takes to get, you know, to the NBA Finals or the Western Conference Finals? And Dwayne said, you know, I don't know if they do. However, there is not a chance you're going to be able to play Phoenix and not play your best game to beat them. Like, that's what Phoenix does. Phoenix will make you execute 
Their defense is outstanding, and they will make you work to get that victory. So you're going to have to ball to beat Phoenix. And I think that's something that we couldn't necessarily say so much about even the seven seconds or less. And the reason why is because the consistency of the defense. The defense has been phenomenal. I don't know about you guys, but I got chills on my I got chills when I watched DA. I don't know what you want. Is this going to go into the manscapes? Yeah, so watching DA play this week, it was the first time where I was like, there he is. That that's the dude. Like the the swagger, the 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 vibe that he was giving off, like he was getting angry in some of those games against the Clippers. He was getting irritated that the refs were calling BS fouls against him. Like I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I loved every second of it. I was like, that's the DA everybody's been waiting for. You know what I mean? And all the you know, DA catches a lot of flack. And Dave and I were talking about this pre-show. He catches a lot of flack. Everybody that had that's anything negative to say about. Sometimes. You know, everybody that was saying something about DA negatively this week can go jump off a bridge because that dude, even the dunk from Kawhi on him, like people were complaining about the fact that he's soft, he should have fouled him, or he should have just, I should not even gone up and and defended him. Like, no, no, absolutely not. Like, DA trying to block Kawhi's shot is what you want to see from DA. Like, that's it. So, I just right. thought he was amazing this week. I loved everything he provided, and he really gave a boost to the Suns. And they didn't even play their best game against the Clippers. They couldn't no, hit a three to save their life, and they still they went, went right two there in the full fourth quarters quarter. without making a three pointer. Crazy, two full quarters. No, it's just they just didn't have their legs to make the shots in that second night. And and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Of uh, the bench wasn't helping them out at all uh, when the starters needed some rest. Uh, but no, I was I was very excited about the DA thing. I still had to argue, although I shouldn't have wasted my time, but I still had to argue with some people in my Twitter mentions uh, that he wasn't dunking enough in his opportunities at the basket. I'm like, this is the these are the worst games for you to be complaining about anything on that end. Two points is two points. We well, should be getting a three point. Well. You know what? You also don't always get all the points when you go up and you get fouled. So I'd rather just get the guaranteed two points. So I thought DA was great. And what's really great is that he is consistently showing up in the biggest games. It's the it's the dumb games. It's the games against lesser teams that he doesn't show up. The big games, he's always there. There's no issue with him showing up on those big games. Uh, in fact, uh, Saturday night's game against Washington, I'm more worried about D.A. not showing up for that one than I am against the Clippers yeah. or the Jazz. Right. And that's okay because the playoffs are what matters. Yeah. Look, that's eighters what... are going to eight. We know that. That's just the way that that people roll like that with with that. It's some people are just gonna gonna be irrational when it comes to him and not see the good and only and, and only see the bad even in in good games. I think I do. we've done a pretty good job at being balanced with all that. One I do thing, have one, I do oh, have one more point on Da real quick if yeah, I can. Um, there was a couple points, and I think earlier on in the season, and even basically in t- uh, Da's entire career, even when he got post position you kind of were still like hesitant to throw the ball down there because, you know, maybe he didn't seal off correctly or his hands were like fumbling or whatever. Right. There was a couple times in the last game where I DA sealed off position and there's a difference. You can tell that there's a difference when a dude seals off and is like, give me the damn ball and seals off. Like you can give it to me if you want to, you know what I mean? And DA had position several times. And there was one particular instance where Devin Booker had the ball on the wing and Literally was about to get double teamed. Da had post position against, I think it was Pat Bev, and I'm like, dude, give him the ball. Like, what are you yeah. doing? And he still threw the ball out. As we move along, that shit's got to stop. There you go. We're dropping money into the, it, the bank. I'm, I'm still, I'm still on the fence. I think, I think that um, Devin Booker and Chris Paul uh, don't trust da enough on the catch in the post because he's constantly getting double teamed i just i don't i don't quite get it because maybe the Suns have never had a guy like this before uh so that's why i'm not i don't understand how it's happening but as for as little as da gets the ball in the post he gets double teamed 100 
percent of the time. Yeah, he get one hundred every time he drops. The reason that Devin Booker and Chris Paul always have that midi open after the pick and roll, where they do the snake around and get to the right. The reason that's open every single time is because the big is always dropping for DA. Yeah. And the guard always digs down for DA, hoping for the pass that they can they can rip out of his hands or 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 knock down before it gets to him. I just I just don't understand that everyone says he's so ineffective at the post in the post, and yet he he gets the attention of two to three guys every single time. And that's why the Suns have the best offensive rating in the history of the franchise this year. Which is unbelievable when you consider who's who's been on the franchise franchise and, and the teams they've had offensively. Perplexed damage, one of our flaming ballers, uh donating that five dollars uh to get this comment on the air. He said after the jazz game on jam session, shout out to the jam session guys. I've heard to CP3 as Murtaugh, D Book as Riggs, and DA as Joe Pesci from Lethal Weapon 2. Do you guys agree? This is pulling deep for a reference, and I can Whoa. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> pulling real deep. But, yeah, I definitely could see D- the, real, the real question is, is which one of us is Murtaugh, which one of us is Riggs, and which one of us is Pesci? That's the real question. I feel like Dave has uh, to be Murtaugh because he's the guy that oh, come go, on. I want to be real for this shit. You didn't want to go with the race card and, and make me I'm, Murtaugh? No. <laughs> And you wouldn't be no. Saul's just Saul's the one with the back issue last week, and yeah. the random Achilles I wake would up. Absolutely issue. say I'm he's too old for this. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. I'm Riggs, and that just makes oh. you pesky. And there's there's nothing. Oh, now no we're going double racist in this. He's going the Italian guy is is pesky, and the, the black guy. Is, I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, Esposito. Hey, look. There is no way that. Dave is is prime uh, Mel Gibson action star. All right, let's hey, let's it. let's do another Joe Pesci thing, and we'll just do the Home Alone cast, and you can leave me. Oh, uh, Espo, you're Macaulay Culkin, and oh my god, Saul and I are Pesci and the other dude trying to break <laughs> in. <laughs> oh god, back to, back to your point, Espo. My bad. <laughs> can can I actually share some thoughts on this question? It's Absolutely. been like I, I think fourteen Espo, minutes. Turn. You guys have gone on, and I haven't had a word on this. But look, I this week. Please tell us, Espo. Okay, I I will. Uh, look, I was uh, I was sitting there at, at the end of the Jazz game and thinking, uh, you know, this may go the typical Suns way when you know you, you get Devin missing the shot, you get uh, you get. Mitchell hitting the shot there to to go into overtime and all that. I I, I was thinking, okay, well, they're they're gonna run out of steam here in, in overtime. It's been fun in this game, but here we go. It's the same old we always see. Good but not good enough, right? In, in that, and then they come out and they they kick the door down at the beginning. It was five point five straight points that they scored to start overtime, uh, and they basically run away with it. They took the Jazz's best punch and they kept going. I, I think I I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I, I know I've tweeted it. I feel like they're kind of like Homer Simpson in that boxing episode. You guys ever see that? Where he just takes he takes the the fighter's punches and because he's got this brain condition where he can just take punches and he basically wears the other guy out until he can uh, can knock him out. Basically, you, you mean he he rope a doped him? Is that what well, you're saying? No, like literally, all he does is just get the hell beaten out of him because he can he doesn't feel it. Basically, okay. uh, I feel like that's that's the Suns team. They're like, okay, give me, we'll take your best punches. Uh, this may be close in the end, but we're still gonna win this uh, against you. I mean. Uh, they they seem to the Jazz are everybody's darling, right? The Jazz are the ones that that are getting a, a lot of the hype as oh well they were the unexpected team, but you know uh, they they've got a they've got a great chance, right? They, I, I don't got know. A, I di- I disagree with that. I feel like they're getting more of it than the Suns uh, when yeah, and, people are and talking the, about who's, and Jazz who's got fans a would chance. Jazz fans would turn around and say that you we're getting more love than they are. Yeah, well, jazz fans can yeah. kiss my ass for all I can. That's just saying. Jazz like, fans j- jazz, jazz fans, j- for, for everything we say about the Suns and the national disrespect, jazz fans feel almost the exact same way about the oh, jazz. Oh, Bucks fans, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, any, any, any smaller than top five market fan base yeah. 
has a right to say that they're not getting enough national love because the national media only care about the top five because that's what gets the clicks. Yeah. I agree. I think that was a signature win though, right? Yeah, absolutely. On, I mean, on national television, which yeah. always helps. Even though the uh, ESPN headline was about Donnie Mitchell's 40 yeah, some points. That That's a lazy intern that's writing headlines that, uh, that went with the, the easy click than actually seeing what happened in the full game. That's I guarantee that's what happened there. But look that to me, that's the signature win because that's the closest I think we've seen in the NBA this season to a playoff game, right? How, how intense that was the back and forth, everything you got the best out of the, the top two teams uh, going at it there and the Suns prevailed. And that was not what a lot of people felt. There was a, I think it was locked on bets was like, this is going to be a mini jazz blowout. And that was one of the quotes from, from their shows, which I don't know what the hell a mini blowout is, but it, it was not even a mini blowout. It's probably any win. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to win by five points. It's a mini blowout. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but they, they obviously were wrong. But a lot of people wrong. were, were pointing at the, at the jazz to get that win. The sun's gutted out win that. And then, to to your point, guys, I think they played despite not hitting their threes, which obviously is going to hamper any offense. Second they lowest played, of the season. They played through three quarters just as good as they did in that Jazz game. They were right there, and then you know they they run out of gas, and the Clippers are, uh, pardon my language, a bunch of assholes. Like that. Let's just <laughs> yeah, let's just be frank. The, the, yes, the fourth quarter, uh, they are one of those teams that they may not be as good as your team, but they are going to annoy the hell out of you. Because well, and that's what the Suns are actually developing as a reputation of annoying the hell out of the other team, too. Well, yeah, I like that the the when it's my are. team. I that's like what, it when it's my team. That's what good defensive teams do. They annoy guys, the, yeah. the heck out of you, you know? Yeah, did but you guys see that Pat that, Pat though. has a uh, broken wrist that he's going to miss three or four weeks for? Oh, I wonder if he broke it, it trying to, uh, trying to swing at Chris, Paul, Chris Paul's brass balls. <laughs> I, I don't think he hit his <laughs> hit, hit those bad. He's swung at everything. You know, it, uh, Buck Dog in the chat was talking about the Clippers are are a, are a terrible matchup for the Suns, and I do I do agree. I do agree. If if Paul George plays like that, they will be difficult to beat because. Paul George is the one that you're not expecting to come through yeah, look, to that degree. Yeah. He was hitting threes that I was He's like, really? Make seven like, out of nine on, threes and some of them yeah. falling out of bounds from the defense. You exactly. know what? Hat tip. They, they would be anybody what really, in the league. What lost the Suns the game was Rajon Rondo being that unexpected dude who made three threes and had nine assists and stuff. It's And and in games where the Suns will win, it'll be a Suns guy having that unexpectedly really good game. But I said, I said, I think I said it on this podcast. I, I don't know. There's been so many times I've talked about basketball, but Rajon Rondo, that's what Rajon Rondo does. In big games, Rajon Rondo does that. Like, that's why it was such a genius move to get him over to the Clippers, in my estimation. I feel like that's the thing that might take him over the top if they get far in the Western Conference. Now, the Suns didn't play their very best game. They they, they certainly did. can shoot better from three. So I think that will neutralize things. I think a Clippers-Suns matchup in a seven-game series is going to go seven, without a doubt. Yeah, I think Rajon Rondo gets them at least one playoff win by himself doing something uh, crazy in a, in a quarter. I think you can pencil that in. I did enjoy after that game people going, "Oh, is playoff P back?" I'm like, "Is it the playoffs?" No, did, no like, playoff P is actually much worse than Thursday night's P. Well, okay, pandemic P. Yes, but look, right. look, I just, I just love that. I'm like, no, this is not. When we get to the playoffs, we will see what Paul George does. This was a game in uh, the regular if, season. You can. If he makes five that. out of nine threes, and Rajon Rondo doesn't make three of them, the Suns win that game anyway. Even though they only made six threes on the whole freaking night, that's how close this series is. So you can't say yes. Individual players are bad matchups for Suns players, but entire teams, there's no team that's a, a really bad matchup for the Suns. Is there any team as a team that's a really bad matchup for the Suns? Well, uh, the Nuggets. 
Is that is that so? who scares? Let's just go into it. Who scares you most in the West? I mean, outside the obvious of LeBron and AD, um, yeah. I, well, I think look, the, the if, Nuggets if scare the hell gonna out of me. make the kind of threes that he was making in the playoffs last year, similar to Paul George on Thursday night, they'll yeah, absolutely the Lakers. But the but the rest of the Lakers team don't doesn't scare me at all. And if those guys each go for 35, the Suns can still win. Yeah, um, absolutely. Denver, uh Espo, you mentioned Denver. They do they they scare me on a seven game series because <laughs> Uh, uh, Nicole Jokic is so good in the clutch. Like he doesn't miss on a clutch shot. This this run that Denver's going on, they've got a lot of close wins in it. Uh, they have a, they have some blowouts too, but they have a lot of close wins in it where Jokic just makes the final shot. And what is the Sambor shuffle or whatever they call it, where he does this weird body move to get the open shot and then he throws it in without even looking at the basket. I mean, that's that's what I worry about. Is is guys just being? Oh, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna make the deciding shot anyway. And the Suns do have two overtime losses to the Nuggets this year, so that and, that would scare me. And Aaron Gordon is playing like they expected him to. Uh, you know, he's gotten a, a boost of energy, like most guys do when when they're getting traded from yeah. a bad situation to a good situation. He's he's playing much better. Uh, I, I just the Nuggets matchup wise are are the most fearful team in my eyes, but. Um, I'm not so concerned about the Clippers. Like the Nuggets, I feel like the Nuggets have the upper hand in a seven-game series. Whereas with the Clippers and even the Lakers to a degree, I'm like, oh, well, it could go either way. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, the Nuggets are there for sure. Uh, I that that does scare me. I think you're right, Saul. If they face the Clippers. That's going seven games, and it after at least one of them, CP threes leading, uh, leading him and Jay Crowder down the secret tunnels and in, uh, in Staples Center over to the locker room. Uh, it's some that's just not that's not going to be a pretty series. That's going to be one of those old school. There's going to be some uh, some hating on guys in uh, in that series. I, I think the Suns have enough to beat the Clippers in a seven game series, but that'll be a tough one. The Nuggets the nuggets scare me and especially depending you could wind up facing them early depending on the the back half yeah, of the west and everything is still i think so i think close. the suns and the nuggets actually i actually think the suns and nuggets are going to finish finish two three which means they would meet in the second round if we're lucky they stay they finish fourth and they have to get through two rounds before they see the suns if both teams win through, you know. So if we're lucky, uh, it's not until the conference finals or somebody else beats them. And, and um, if we're lucky, the Nuggets would finish fourth. And, oh, actually, never mind. Disregard. I was about to say what? something stupid. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to say something about I, if they're lucky, the Lakers will finish fifth, and the Nuggets and the Lakers would have to play each other in the first round. Oof. That would be one that would be of the fun. series. That'd be fun. Just get that fun to watch one of those two get out, out yep. of the way. Yeah. <laughs> the That's the thing. Round. If 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 the Lakers and Nuggets are the ones that scare you the most, you want this to finish where they have each of those teams have the toughest path to want before they meet you. Because mm-hmm. if they have to grind it out, that gives you a better a better chance, you know, hopefully. And we don't know the Lakers. I know they're saying LeBron, AD, you're getting closer to coming back, but you never know what's going to happen after after injuries that keep you out this long. And there, there's also the chance they could re-aggravate something. There are so many question marks in the Western Conference. I, the, Here's the, the thing. Here's the piece of the Suns that I think hasn't been explored yet, and I don't know if Monty just won't ever do it or if he's holding out uh, for now, but going small. So people are, people are God, there's, you know, everyone's got to chew on a bone like constantly. Uh, and it used to be trade DA. Now it's why didn't we sign a third big look, man, if you're talking about bringing in a dude who hasn't played in the NBA in six years as, as your difference maker, no, come on. What the Suns need to do is they need to actually explore going small and just giving up the rebounding battle so that they can take more threes, uh, than the other team and just play Torrey Craig and Jay Crowder and, and you know all the wings all at once, and just see what happens in Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges, and just just go that way. Um, they are not, you know, obviously they're going to get uh, beaten up. You can't do that necessarily against Jokic, um, 
but you can certainly do that uh, just as a change of pace in games when DA gets in foul trouble. Look, the key to the playoffs is that DA is available for the playoffs. Once that happens, then it's just a matter of how do you fill in that 10, 15 minutes he's not on the floor. Look, you're going to be forced to go small because you don't have another big option. You're, Dario, you're back, come on. Dario isn't big. Dario is uh, the size of the guys you just talked about. And let's talk about this too. How, how worried are you about the slump that Dario's in? Because I'm starting to think this is the real Dario Saric and the eight games in the bubble that got him the contract were the, were the mirage. Because we've seen more of this Dario Saric than we've seen of the guy that it that was a great backup center. And that concerns me immensely yeah, with Dario this team got, going into the playoffs. Dario got oof, he got he did not have a good game last game, period. No, he's he's going through a real bad so, so somebody just uh Justin Ramirez in the chat just said, give sticks a chance. Look, man, the dude walks around like he's on sticks. That's the this this year. This year he's so <laughs> like uh, Bambi out there with barely feeling his legs for the first time next year. He's going to be better if he becomes an NBA player, but really the dude is not ready for this moment. He's not. Here's no. one thing I am impressed with though. The Suns have four guys who have never even sniffed playoff games in the NBA. These last two games this week have been playoff caliber type games. All the Suns young guys in their rotation showed up. Uh, Mikel Bridges got into foul trouble the first night, so he couldn't really do that. But the second night, he had 20 points. Cam Johnson, when he needed to fill in for Mikel, played really well on Wednesday and then played pretty well again on Thursday. DA and Devin Booker both showed up big. And I think that says a lot for the Suns' chances in the playoffs. Uh, if J uh, There's a comment in the chat that says, from Cordell coming saying, if James Jones believed this team was uh, was going to be this good, it would it was an epic failure to draft Sticks, knowing he probably wasn't going to contribute to a championship contender. And I absolutely okay. disagree. I disagree. <laughs> there's nobody in that in that 10 range, or I forgot where they picked, um, that, that was available – that would be like a, a giant oh, contributor outside Hall of maybe Halliburton, going, maybe, Hall maybe Halliburton. But if you put in Halliburton, that's sacrificing somebody else like Cameron Payne. And I think Cameron Payne has a bigger upside offensively than Halliburton. I, you know, I, look, I'm with you. And by the way, James Jones, a has always won a championship, but B has never coat has never built a team just about that because it, it, it'd be dumb to say before this season started, I'm building a championship team. So I'm going to draft a guy who can contribute this year. That is so short-sighted. Yeah. That is so short-sighted. You've also got to build for the future because guess what? At the end of this year, you've got DA and Mikel both extension eligible for probably 30 plus million dollars a year, the way the salary cap is going, because it's a percentage of the cap. And then you've also got Chris Paul, you've got to figure out if you're going to bring back, and you've got Devin Booker, you know, that's four guys making a ton of money. You need young guys who are going to fill in on their on their rookie deals and and contribute and with a high ceiling that can be contributors. And while Halliburton, look, Halliburton's a special case. Let's just talk about him for a second. He's a special case. His agent wasn't sending medical info to any teams but the teams he wanted to be drafted by. That is a that is a regular ploy happens every year. Um, some agents do that and you're foolish if you actually draft the guy anyway without seeing their medical info. It just it's it's a foolish move. Sometimes you get lucky, but it's not really meant to work that way. That's how agents control the draft a little bit uh, when their guy is is uh, not wanting to go or wanting to go to a particular place. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Remember when the Suns maneuvered to get Josh Jackson in that same exact way? That doesn't always work out. You don't know how the guy's going to be in the pros. Um, but you know, Halliburton, would he be a major contributor on this team right now? Potentially, just like Cam Johnson was a year ago. Look, yeah, but that I, doesn't mean the Suns would be any better. Would the Suns be winning more games with Halliburton there instead of campaign no. in the rotation? He'd be actually taking a few minutes away from Cam Johnson. He'd be taking a few minutes away from from other guys. So I actually don't think the Suns would have, would have won more games with Halliburton. Yeah, you can play the what if game. I could sit here and say, "Hey, look yeah. at what Lamarcus Aldridge is doing in in Brooklyn. Wouldn't that have looked great?" And uh, as as your third big here in Phoenix, or taking some of those Dario minutes. There's a lot of what ifs you can. Lamarcus play. Lamarcus went to Brooklyn because he had a promise 
of big minutes. Yeah, I, I know. And But the, my point is, we can sit here and play the what if, but this is the group you're going to have going into the playoffs. So you're not going to change that right now. And if you do, you're adding a fringe guy who hasn't been playing to, to your mix, it, and it's not going to be a major impact. I mean, there's there's dead men and guys like that you can, can add, but it's not going to be what shifts the balance of power. The bench, that is what I think is going to be the difference here. I think it's a strength on this team, but Dave, what are your thoughts on the bench as we go in to the final stretch here and the playoffs? Well, the bench is just like it's been all year. It's a key. It's a key to the Suns being able to win as many games as they can, get the highest seed, and then in the playoffs, a bench is what's going to make a difference. The reason you're talking about Rajon Rondo winning a game or two in the playoffs and being playoff Rondo is that he's never been a number one guy. He's always been a number four, five, six, eight, nine guy. You need guys like that who are going to step up. So the bench has to be able to step up. We need Super Dario back, not not doofus Dario. We need we need guys like Cam Johnson to actually make the big shots out there. And and Cam played really well this week. He's another guy similar to DA in that he doesn't need to fill the stat sheet to actually be a positive contributor on the court because of the defensive rotations and the and the and just filling in the gaps he does. Jay Crowder's another dude. He barely made a shot in those two games, but he was actually really good on defense. Um, and rotations and it's not always the one-on-one defense that you got to look at it's the rotations do they does he does he does he pop down to to tag a guy who's trying to cut back cut to the basket is he is he trying to you know do that help defense all the way through and cam does that jay does that that's why the suns are top five in defense right now they're still top five even after all this time so um, those are the guys who who really need to step up and they have to continue to step up campaign is a huge question mark i uh saw you said his his offense is better potentially than um halliburton yeah i mean cam look cam's got to be able to make half his threes like he's been for the past year he's got to he's got to be able to make those diving layups like he did in a couple of times in these last few games and he's got to make smart decisions he you know his assist to turnover ratio is like four to one He's, he's one of the best in the NBA, like CP, and that's why the Suns have low turnovers. You need these guys to really show up to win in the playoffs. But I, uh, I, I mean, they're built ahead. for that. I'm just going to say yeah. that's, that's what this bench was built to do is to, to just play solid, and that's what they've done all year, and I feel like it's a strength. I know a lot of people keep going, well, can they do it? They have proven it outside of, of Dario – They've proven, and and they're deep. It, guys come in. Langston, if Langston Galloway gets minutes because uh, of injury, illness, whatever the thing, whatever it is, he comes in and he performs. Each one more did the same thing. You know, we've seen that with with Tory Craig, <laughs> who just comes in and and slides in and gives you quality defensive minutes and is hitting shots. I just, I have, I think this is a strength that is going to put them. Uh, in position yeah. to win games in the playoffs. Or, That's the fun I, thing. I, is, I, think, is, I, think, is, I think we're sorry, overthinking this. I think we're yeah. overthinking this, okay? We're, we're seeing regular season mode bench play right now, yeah. okay? When we get to the playoffs, that rotation shrinks. It always does. It always goes seven, eight, maybe nine deep. And for that reason, I would like to see Cam Johnson play a little bit more. Um, I just think Cam Johnson gives you far more upside than basically anybody else on the bench that you're going to bring off. Uh, and, and I think he needs to be on the floor a little bit more with even the starters. You know, I, I feel like the rotation right now, Cam's getting like 15 to 20 minutes and that's it. I'd like to see Cam get up to 25. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like the other night against, for instance, the Clippers, I didn't feel like he played enough and I felt like he should have been in there because he seemed like he had some juice in those legs and when guys were kind of drifting a little bit, he needed to be in there a little bit more, in my opinion. And, you know, and Mikhail gives you what Mikhail gives you. You know what you're going to get from Mikhail. You know what you're going to get from your, your big four, okay? Cam Johnson is that other piece that I just absolutely feel like if he's if he's hitting, he's going to find his way into the rotation at some point on a consistent basis, and you need him to step up. Uh, Jay Crowder, to me, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, the biggest difference is, is obviously Jay Crowder plays a little bit better defense. but Cam Johnson's offensive upside is far greater than Jay, Jay Crowder. And yeah. w- especially when you go 0 for 9 and all of them are threes. Cam Johnson, like Eddie has pointed out, has learned, like, I can go to the hole. I can hit the midi. 
Like I can take it all the way to the rim. Like he, he gives you a little bit more flexibility and that's what I appreciate, especially when you get to the playoffs and, and those threes might not be dropping. I yeah, agree. I, Cam should get more Cam uh, Johnson should get more minutes in the playoffs. And I tell you what, <clears throat> the great thing about the the depth of the of the guards on the bench is that if campaign doesn't actually step up the first couple of games of the first round or whatever round it is and he's playing poor the first couple of games Etwan Moore is your ace on the ace in the hole Monty already played him as a as a short minutes backup point guard because he's smart enough to run the offense and keep the point five going so they do have some aces up their sleeves, playing Cam Johnson more minutes and and getting Eton more or Langston Galloway out there to make some shots against a small guard uh, opposition uh, would be you know is 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 a move that they can make. Yeah, I I agree on the Cam Johnson front. He he needs more minutes. It was part of their success in the bubble. They need to figure out how to get him in there because to your point, Saul, those rotations are going to shrink and you're going to need minutes out of him. Also, potentially, you could wind up uh, going with Devin, Bo- staggering Devin Booker and CP3 uh, as well. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things. But speaking of shrinkage, it's time for our Smooth Baller of the Week. Oh, you got that manscape. You don't got Bush no more. That's what the image is telling I you. Really, right there. I really thought you were about to try a freestyle for a second. I was like, oh, where are we going with this? No, no I'm not freestyling <laughs> ever. But the music sounds good. Our Manscaped Smooth Baller of the Week. Don't you forget, you can get Manscaped safe 20% using that code FlamingBallers at Manscaped.com. Uh, it's FlamingBallers, the code 20% off your complete purchase and shipping. Free shipping there. So smooth baller of the week. It's Chris Paul. Three games this week since our last episode, averaging 20.3 points, 7.7 assists, 5.3 rebounds, and two steals per game. That is what you call a smooth baller. And uh, you know what? If you don't want to look like, if you don't want the boys looking like Monty Williams in a mask, right? You don't want that. You don't want anything (laughs) sticking out the bottom there, right? You don't want that. It, you gotta, you gotta go with Manscaped. They sent us trimmers. I gotta tell you, oh, well, they sent two of us trimmers. Uh, Dave, <coughs> yeah, Dave hasn't gotten his yet, but uh, I'll send him a bottle of Nary. Can dri- dip the boys in, and it should oh, take care of. Oh that my! Too. But if you don't want, if you don't want that burning, you don't want that uh, that pain. Manscaped uh, is is honestly one of the best products uh, I've ever used downstairs. You can uh, trim up the boys, and uh, you can get it for twenty percent off. Flaming ballers. Use the code at manscaped.com, save 20%, get free shipping. And again, not a euphemism, but I am opening the prize closet for for you guys. If you send proof of purchase, no, I don't want a picture of the boys. I want a picture of your receipt. You can send that to mailbag at soul at sun. Let me try that again. Mailbag at solarpanelpod.com, or you can message us at sun's solar panel you send a picture of that receipt you will be entered to win something from the prize closet and i think uh we may announce what that item is next week and then uh, the week after we will uh probably give you guys a winner on that so you once again make espo pull a prize out of his little closet oh yeah i'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull a big old prize out of the closet for you guys. That's <laughs> a little prize. <laughs> but manscape. Right. Use code flaming ballers. Save 20%. All right. Back on on the rails here, boys. Let's uh talk a little bit more about our Phoenix Suns. And we got a fun topic here. The Phoenix Mercury this week unveiled new uniforms. Here, if you were lit, watching the show, you can see them, but uh three different uh, uniforms that they unveiled a white one that looks like a kind of like their original uniforms with a touch of the 90s sun's shorts for it a really cool i think it's cool at least uh ombre version or a uh, gradient version of a purple and orange jersey with phoenix on it and then a cool uh phx jersey honoring their fan base that they call the x factor a black yeah. jersey i my love question, the x factor jerseys those are yeah, those same. are my far by far my favorite my question for you gentlemen is is simple do Ooh. the phoenix suns or phoenix mercury have better uniforms now Saul, let's start with you mercury 
Okay, well, Mercury. this will be a quick just, segment. No, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I love the the blend of uh, a little bit of the old and the new, um, and and uh, obviously the with the valley jerseys, you got a little bit of the that sunset vibe to it. Uh, so that's that's the cool part. But I, honestly, outside of the valley jerseys, I'm not a fan of of what the Suns uh, jerseys look like. And I think the Mercury did a nice job with the whites, the purples. Um, and blending that with the orange and then the blacks uh, independently, I, I just I love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a little. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to be a little different. I'm going to say that the X Factor jersey is my favorite, but then the Suns jerseys are all right behind that. I, I love the Valley jersey; that'd be number two. And then uh, I love the purples and I love the whites. I don't love the oranges, but um, so then I would put Mercury's ahead of the oranges. So, but yeah, I'd say the Suns jerseys are are three of the top four. Look, uh, the Valley jerseys number one across the board. But then I actually slot the uh, purple and orange Phoenix Mercury jersey as number two on that list, and the X Factor. Number three, one of the cool design touches on that X-Factor jersey is not only the PHX with it representing the X-Factor, which is obviously the Mercury fan base, which they were dubbed that uh, 25 years ago when the franchise started. But uh, then the along the side of that jersey, I don't know if you guys noticed, and, and Saul, if you want to put mm. the picture back up for those watching, yeah. there's actually an x along the side in the design from the from the side of the jersey to the shorts the piping actually makes an x on it which is a really cool little That's design cool. factor mm -hmm. i i think it, it's valley then those two mercury jerseys and then i think uh probably the purple suns white mercury then the white suns and that orange suns jersey is is the worst of the bunch i just yeah, it, I uh, you know i don't I hate love the, the orange suns jersey but it's, it is the worst of this bunch Look, I, I hate I've hated any orange version of the Suns uniform because you look like you're working at Home Depot, first of all, especially that first iteration. Second, it, it's usually just a a neon toxic waste uh, version of orange. It's about as bright as you can get. So if you don't look like you're working at Home Depot, you look like a damn traffic cone. And then they put the little tiny sunburst on the front of this one, which it's like we've been pounding the table for the burst to be back. And then they're like, okay, we're going to kind of give you what you want, but you're really going to have to squint to see it. And that whole thing just, I I, I can't stand the, the orange uniform. I think the white is is a very difficult uh, uniform to look at as well. Purple's always nice because it's a good color, but it's about as bland as you could uh, you could be outside of the seven seconds or, or less uniform. So I think the Mercury actually have a much better set than the Suns do right now. And major props to Nike for for creating a whole look for the yeah. league as a mm, whole. That is dope. very very cool. The only thing that uh, that I I don't like about uh, about the mercury jerseys and a lot of the the WNBA jerseys is sponsorship logos now under the under the main uh, verbiage and and stuff like the fries logo that they have is on is on the abs now which i guarantee half the time is going to be half tucked into the jersey and it's just going to yeah. look like going to look it's like it's just trash. going the nascar way it's not the worst thing in the world well, look, I get it. You gotta, you gotta make revenue. That's one easy way to do it. But, uh, but it, it, it would be such a clean look if you didn't have that. So, I, if you, the Flaming Ballers, want to weigh in, you can do it in the <clears> chat <throat> if you're watching live, or tweet us at Sun Solar Panel. We want to hear what you think. Saul, did also, you have any other thoughts? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to address something real quick. Like, first of all, like, listen, the Phoenix Mercury and the Suns have a great relationship. They're obviously partners. And, and they help each other out, right? And I think the unveiling of these jerseys is awesome. And if you're going to be in this chat, cool. If you're going to be in this chat and be completely sexist and ignorant and stupid, you can go somewhere else because I'm not here for it. And like oh, the Phoenix Mercury yeah. and women's basketball in general is fun to watch. And if you haven't opened up your mind enough to, to, to watch it enough to understand the beauty of basketball as a whole, like I'm all for ball. I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's a man. I don't care if it's little kids. Like I love watching little eight-year-olds play at the YMCA. I don't give a shit. But if you're going to be ignorant and be completely sexist, take your ass somewhere else. You're not a flaming baller. You're a loser. Bye. Yeah, no, I, I agree because, uh, you know, I, I'm a girl dad and, 
the coolest thing I've I'm ever had too. What one of the Same. coolest things I won't, I won't say the coolest, but one of the coolest things I've experienced is I was playing NBA 2K last year, right? When my daughter was three at the time and the WNBA is in it. So I, I played a game with the Mercury and I don't remember who I played. It was probably Las Vegas. And I, my daughter was sitting there and she's she basically was like oh my gosh it's girls playing basketball it, it it's it's like me on the game and i was like yeah they, they they play and i was telling her about it and and her eyes just got so big and it was like wow this is amazing and to me the impact that the mercury have had over the last 25 years on uh, on women and young girls in this in this town is is huge it is, it is unlike anything else, and I give a huge shout-out to that entire franchise and what they've been able to do. Diana Tarazi, I've said it before, I'll say it again, is the best athlete in Arizona history. You can argue with me on it. It's perfectly fine, but it is. She got more it, championships it, than anybody, truth. all the other teams combined. <laughs> championships, gold medals, MVPs, best <clears throat> ever to play your sport. Like You can't tell me there's anybody better than that and she's been here an entire career oh and mm. because she doesn't make enough money in this league in the off season she had had to play in russia for a lot yeah. of her career too so she was Most playing of those year girls, round they have basketball. to play overseas to make real money yes. so yeah. they can come back and play the wnba season and yeah. if you have if you've never had a chance to listen to a 30 for 30 with diana tarasi playing overseas in russia and the mm. craziness that has happened over there like just take some time and listen and educate yourself on what these women are trying to do just to play ball. And I think I think we can all appreciate, like, this is a son's chat, yes. But the reason why we love this chat is because we love basketball more than anything else. Like, that's what this is all about. And that's what this show will always be about, is about sons and basketball. And we love good ball. And we could also admit, like, if we were playing the Lakers, you know, back in the day and they had Kobe. Like, if Kobe dropped 50 on us, we're like, damn, that dude's good. You know what I mean? Like, it just is because we love ball and we can appreciate it. We might hate him, but still, like, that's just what it is. And we can appreciate <laughs> ball at every single level, no matter what your gender is. So don't be ignorant. Come straight. Look, I, I – I dropped the mic, but it's on a, on an arm here. But that is a mic drop moment. Yes, I 100% agree. So let's move into I the mailbag. If I could afford it, yeah. Actually, you know what, Dave? I'm, you know, because you haven't talked enough today. I'm just gonna go. Let's uh, let's stat me a little bit here, Dave. All right, so we've been uh, we've been wondering how good is this Suns team? How good is this current iteration of the Suns? They were so bad for so long. It's hard for us to accept just how good this team might be. So I'm going to throw a little bit of uh, knowledge at you guys and see if it sticks. Um, currently, the Suns' offensive rating—it's the highest offensive rating in their entire franchise history. There—that's uh, their points per possession, basically. High best offensive rating in entire franchise history. That is still only seventh in the league this year, but and it's just barely below. <clears throat> excuse me, the offensive rating of the uh, geez <clears throat> of the Mavericks last year, who set an all-time high for offensive rating in the NBA. There are six teams better than last year's Mavericks on offense, but the Suns themselves are the highest offensive rating this year of any team in the history of an offense-oriented franchise. This team has a history of being great on offense and average on defense. Well, the Suns are ranked fifth on defense. On defense, this is their. This is actually only their best defense points per possession um, in, in five years. They were actually better on defense in terms of points per possession in 2015-16 when they won only 23 games. What about That's because the way the league rating. changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the defensive rating itself is barely better than when they were 23 and 59 a couple of years ago. That's because the league is so much better on offense. Uh, the Suns are fifth in defensive rating across the league this year because everyone's offense has gotten better. But relative to the league, relative defensive rating, the Suns have their best relative defensive rating to the rest of the league in 20 years. Let me. So, is that a? Forgive my ignorance. That Sounds seems weird, like a flaw. Huh? 
it seems like a flaw in in the in the advanced stats. If there isn't some kind of adjustment for pace of play, those kind of things, so you could better better no, compare. People, teams are just scoring better. It is adjusted for pace of play. That's uh, the crazy part. Wow. The crazy okay. part is this is adjusted for pace of play, but teams have figuring are figuring out how to score more points per possession. Uh, they're they're getting those step step aside threes are the big thing this year. Obviously, the step back threes creating space. Um, uh, they're just being more efficient this year than ever before in the history of the game. Yeah, it's so crazy because the eye test tells you this is probably the best de- team defense we've ever seen, or at least since uh, since the early 80s. We've seen this team play, and that the offense probably is one of the slower paced uh, that we've seen, and yet somehow the the, the stats are telling us best offense uh, we've we've ever seen this team play, and uh, there were there are sub five hundred teams that play else better crazy? defense. The Suns definitely their pace is is slow this year at ninety seven possessions a game, but it's still faster than any of the second seven seconds or less Suns. <laughs> Perception. That's what this tells you. Perception is is everything. Yeah. Right? It's, it's also it's also because of how the other teams play. And that's the mm-hmm. reason yeah. why is right. Because you know, yeah. back when seven seconds or less Suns were, nobody else was running that system. Nobody else was pushing the ball up the court like the Suns were. Now just about every team is pushing the, the ball up the court, you yeah. know, in in a moderately faster fashion, right? And so that's that will speed up the pace of play overall anyway. And so absolutely the pace of play is the highest it's ever, ever been. And, and that's just, and, but even taking pace out of it, this is the best offense the league has ever seen. Uh, and, and the Suns are just kind of being a part of it by, by having their best offense ever in franchise history. Perplexed damage in the chat. One of our flaming ballers says Steve Nash still overrated. I don't know that I agree with that. Oh, I don't no. know if that's a joke. Uh, I just went on a tangent but... a minute ago. Do I need to go on another one? Come on, guys. No. No. Perplexed. I love you, man, but no. Look, I will say that Kevin Johnson is both the most overrated and underrated son of all time in in certain ways. But uh, but Steve Nash, uh, we're not touching that one. So no. uh, time time to ta- reach into the mail sack, uh, the flaming baller mail sack. You can always send us an email mailbag at solar. Why panel. isn't it called the ball sack? Well, because it's a mail. So you okay? No, I keep trying to do the ball sack thing, and Espo keeps brushing over it. Okay, or maybe it's trimming over it. (laughs) Does does everything have to be a manscaped ball joke? I mean, okay, carry on. Sorry, my bad. I try to I try to keep all that in in one segment and make make it a. as uncomfortable as possible instead of spreading it out throughout the show. So let's, uh, let's hop in there. First question coming to us here. Uh, are you at all concerned about our lack of depth at the five? If DA gets in foul trouble, I have a hard time believing Dario can handle the West elite bigs could be, could be a huge disadvantage for the playoffs. Thanks. Love the show. I love I, how I, it went from Dario I, being the best big on the team to suddenly he can't hold up. We got to get, we got to yeah. move him to a totally different position. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I think for everybody that talks about like, oh, what if, you know, Jokic gets uh, DA in foul trouble? Like the way DA's playing, the same question could be flipped around on the other side. Like, what if he gets the other bigs in trouble? Like, then, then everybody, everybody has quality depth in the playoffs at the big position for the most part on their front line, everybody's secondary bench, meh, it's whatever. And the Suns are no different. They'll figure it out. They'll be fine. I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that we need 4,500 big men to back up DA in case he gets in foul trouble. He'll be fine. No, I I, agree. Yeah. Plus, plus you get away with a lot more in the playoffs too. Don't forget about that. Well, right. Some teams do. We'll see if the Suns are are one of those teams that get away oh, with. You're so addictive. You're so jaded. Yeah, there so we go. go. <laughs> hey, you you go through the uh, the years and and think about it, and you'll come to the same conclusion that I just did. I forgot well. all about it because the last ten years has given me amnesia. So I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. But the Suns, nice. this team, this team starts setting the tone physically. Mm-hmm. So I think this team will get better better um, uh, treatment from the refs during the playoffs than 
past teams did that were playoff teams for the Suns that did not start setting the tone physically. They tried to finesse you. So I actually think this team is is more equipped to get favorable calls in the playoffs than prior ones. There's a few people in the chat pounding the table about Tory Craig at center. I feel like that is a break glass in case of emergency. <laughs> Things have gone you really off Craig the would be like, no, Jokic. Thanks. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Look, look, Dar- on, look the Suns switch everything. One of the things that the Suns love to do is switch everything. And they've, they've experimented with uh, DA, I think, has the most. Yeah, I saw this stat the other day. DA by far has the most possessions defended on the wing by a center because the Suns are switching everything this year. And they're putting him on an island to see what happens. But guess what they did? I believe it was against the Jazz. They had him drop a lot where he didn't do the switching. It was a four four guy switch and then they did the scramble and they got DA back to on Rudy Gobert and it worked really well against the Jazz. That's another wrinkle they're holding off for the playoffs is maybe not doing switching on everything. But still, when they are switching, you do end up with guys like Devin Booker guarding the post and you've got Chris Paul guarding the post uh, because of the switch everything scheme that I think will will adjust by playoff time a little bit. Look, you just need Dario to somewhat return to form and things should be fine. I mean, I know that's 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 and I know I I've been one that said. I don't think Dario's the guy we saw in the bubble, but I also don't think he's this guy we saw last last game either. He, he's a guy that's going to be somewhere in between. You just need consistency from him so you can pencil and you know what, what you're going to get out of him and also, what, what you're going to need. Also, uh, some people in the chat were talking about, well, somebody in the chat was talking about, you know, what are you going to do if you play the Lakers and, and Drummond? Drummond is just beasting dudes down low. I'm like, have you seen Drummond play on the Lakers? There's a thing yeah. about about guys playing on bad teams and looking like all-stars and then getting to good teams and completely disappearing. Drummond so far in the early going, I'm like, Whoo! that's not the same dude well, I've been seeing. Plus Drummond his entire career, uh, people say beasting. Okay, sure, he can put his butt into somebody else's rib cage. That's fine. But you know what? He misses the freaking layup. He shoots 43% at the rim. Yeah. DA shoots 70 plus percent at the rim. I'd rather have the higher percentage guy at the rim. I don't care if he's putting his butt into a guy first. The dude cannot make a layup. That's why you don't want Andre Andre Drummond. Oh, and if the Lakers completely change your game to where they're just feeding uh, Andre Drummond in the post against the Suns, I think you got a pretty good chance of winning that series. I'm not going to be all that worried if if that's their big right. plan uh, against you, right? Because that means uh, that means you're effectively shutting down uh, LeBron or AD and that kind of stuff. So I'm not overly concerned at all. Last question in the mailbag from Fabio on Twitter wants to know what's the best sports movie of all time that isn't basketball. We've talked Ooh. about plenty of basketball movies on this uh, on this program but best movie uh non-basketball i'll weigh in here first i think bull durham is one of one of the best along with uh you gotta if you're looking for for a comedy you know i major league you can't go wrong there too that's always mm-hmm. entertaining salt uh oh man this is hard somebody had asked me that uh, somebody had asked us that yesterday and i i responded with major league and i th- i think i threw in rudy as well but uh man i'm a sucker for this stupid ass movie I- i'll tell you this rocky four to me <laughs> i just love oh, that movie. russian rocky yes uh, yeah i don't know why yes. i'm like it's so cheesy if he dies he dies like okay like it, there's He's, there I should like be no iron. reason why i like that in the million montages <laughs> that come along with it but i do and i just i, I vibe with it i don't know why i, I must like break him <laughs> remember the titans from blackout suns in the chat that is also uh, still a big fan of bad news bears too (laughs) i can always watch that i think there's some cringeworthy moments now uh, when you go back and and re-watch it a little bit but i i could see the love for that rick johnson in the chat says a league of their own another good call uh, yeah that was good buck dog death race 2000 <laughs> I'm like, that, <laughs> that was pretty good that was a sport that's for that sure is. i've never seen that i haven't even heard of that 
Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, is that's that real? awesome. 200 points for the lady crossing the street. There was, yeah. They were racing across country and they get I've never heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, somebody in the chat says Rocky Four ended the Cold War. That's another good reason <laughs> to, to like that movie. Uh, so Someone that is Rocky Three, and I got to say that was the worst by far of all of them. <laughs> is that the one with Clubber Lang? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, well, he's getting them tired. Hey. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say that is a fun quote to use whenever somebody asks you for a prediction of things is just pain, uh, especially hey. when you have Cameron Payne on your team. Uh, it's yeah. it's hey. fun to do, but basketball. Oh God, no. There is actually a lost episode of a podcast uh, that used yeah. to be done that Saul was part of that yeah. I was bested on and I was forced to watch basketball and it was god awful. Basketball, it please. Benchwarmers was good. I it was like awful. Uh, Rick's it was awful. Than benchwarmers. Uh, the replacements, uh, Keanu Reeves as oh, yeah. what amounted to Jake Plummer. I always enjoyed yeah, that one. That that, that, that contributed to has, the resurgence. Everyone knows I will survive because of that movie. <laughs> that that has one of the greatest quotes uh, in movie history on there. It was like yes. when, uh, Clifford Franklin. It's like the cold. He's the only one catching it, the only one coming down with it, baby. <laughs> oh, I just love the chicks love it. ours quote. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't remember the whole thing, but that was that's chicks also digs, a life. And, oh, what what is it? Uh yeah, chicks dig scars and uh something lasts forever. I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. Uh, great speech. Uh, there. that's a fun forever. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. As always, it's a it's a bumpy landing, but we're going to do it anyways. It is the solar panel. Uh, thank you for for listening. If you want to follow the show, you can follow it at Sun Solar Panel. If you want to follow Dave, it's at Dave King MBA. The MBA is there because Dave's ego needs it. And then it's uh, at Saul underscore Bookman. If you want to follow Saul, the underscore there because uh, Saul the the Saul needs time to get to the emergency room while the Bookman's in pain. And you can follow me at Espo on Twitter. Uh, So we'll let Saul get on with whatever ailment he has to go get investigated. Now uh, you've been listening to the solar panel. We'll talk to you next week. If you, if you, if you want to experience that ailment, you can just join me on the total BS podcast here in about 15 minutes. There you go. We will, uh, we will talk to you next week. That is an ailment. (laughs) Oh, wait, Finds the ball, Barkley puts it up, there's a count, it's a shake